everybody. Hope you're doing well. It is Monday, March 14th at 11, just before 11.15. Purdue played its last game before the NCAA tournament, the championship in Indianapolis uh, for the Big Ten tournament. They lost the game to Iowa. You guys already know all that. They lost uh, 75 to 66. Final record on the season before heading to the tournament is 27 and 7. Pretty good. Pretty good record. Uh, this team's been pretty good most of the season. So uh, that's not a, not a big surprise uh, to anybody. None of this is surprising. I don't think it's too surprising to anybody that they lost either. I mean, I heard, pardon me, I heard Purdue, um, Purdue fans talking about how difficult it is to beat a team a third time. And they're right. It is, t- it is tough to beat a team three times. Um, all I can think about when people say that, though, is Purdue losing to Wisconsin four times in the season to not get to the Final Four. And those teams were pretty evenly matched, too, that Purdue and Wisconsin team. They were pretty evenly matched. It wasn't like one team was really good and one was just okay. It was a lot like this Iowa-Purdue matchup. The interesting thing about this game is both teams look tired to me. Um, The points kind of show it, especially on Purdue's side. Uh, But uh, Iowa is a team that scores up in, the I think, 83 points a game. They scored 75. Um, But Iowa, to me... We can, we can complain about anything we want as Purdue fans. We can have perspective about anything we want. Um, Purdue made runs at Iowa. Purdue had the lead with like 15 minutes left. They had the lead again, I think, with like, I want to say seven minutes left. I'm not positive. I don't have the chart in front of me. But they had the lead multiple times in the second half. After playing pretty bad basketball, Purdue had, let's not forget, nine turnovers at the end of the first half, and was only down three points. So Purdue fought hard. I'll say that. A guy that fought hard for Purdue specifically was Zach Eady. Zach Eady really played pretty poorly in the first half and then scratched and clawed his way to a double-double. 12 points, 14 rebounds, uh, just just played great. Um, and I, I'm always happy to see guys that kind of make a comeback during a game. Um, and he really, really kept fighting. Pardon me, fighting. Trey Williams also had a double-double, 13 points, 11 rebounds, two steals, a block, three assists. Pretty damn good. Uh, had a couple turnovers as well. Both he and Zach had a couple turnovers. But um, both those guys kept fighting the whole game. They, uh, I like Trey. He was going at um, the uh, Iowa big man specifically. Uh, Agondale, I think is his name. I, I don't know if I'm pronouncing that correctly. But Trey saw an opportunity. Every time Agondale was in the game, and um, he'd come in for, I think, Baracha is the other guy's name. Uh, Rabacha. Rabracha. Sorry. Got some tough ones there. Um, but every time he saw him in the game, he saw that was an opportunity for him to, to beat him. And he'd beat him in a number of ways. Beat him off the dribble, beat him off turnarounds, uh, draw in a double team, kick it out to, to an open Purdue player on the wing. Happened over and over. Um Purdue fought, uh, but their they weren't their fight wasn't enough to get them over the hump again. And this is something we've seen over and over during the season, where if they dig themselves much of a hole, they'd climb back into the game, and then wouldn't be able to put a team away. And I can't figure out why that happens. Uh, I think I told you I tried to figure it out if it was free throw shooting earlier in the season. Purdue shot sixty five percent from free throws. Uh, they missed. I mean. It's got to be part of the equation. I don't know if there's a deep analytics uh, dive that could tell that story, but on Twitter I had uh, a bunch of uh, people tell me that they thought they missed, pretty missed four front ends of one and ones. That's a huge stat. 
that's a huge amount of points, a huge amount of momentum when you don't put the extra um, kind of brick in the wall, if you will, uh, in this case. Purdue, Purdue just didn't do enough, and um, they have nobody to blame but themselves. Uh, in the post-game presser, pretty, pretty interesting, Jaden uh, blamed himself. He just said, I blame myself. Uh, he said it twice. So he's taking responsibility. Uh, Trey Williams said, Purdue beats Purdue. So they're aware of the problems that you and I see. That's a good thing. Their, their awareness is there. Purdue beats Purdue. I blame myself. Um, I guess that's good. They, they held themselves accountable. That's really good. So let's, let's put all these things together. If you hold yourself accountable, so you blame yourself, and then you go into the next game and you do it again. and Because I think they've done this all season. This is one thing. This team has been pretty responsible and pretty mature in that way. That's the way they've handled their business. So if you're blaming yourself, you're holding yourself accountable, and you still can't get over the hump, the next part I say is what's the reason? So my reasoning is this team just isn't as good as I thought they were. I don't know where else we can go with our explanation other than this. And, I, and I've said this a couple of times. Back in November, we all had an unusual sense, an inflated sense, I know I did, of how good this team was. But we've seen it proven over and over and over, down the stretch in games that are tough and tight, they don't finish the game. They don't uh, do it with regularity. They don't, it's not something that defines them. They don't see the slide happening. I said this over and over. That's a coaching and a player thing. Painter says, though, he said it in the, uh, the presser after Michigan State. He likes to see guys play through that swoon where they, you know, go, you know, on a 12-4 a deficit where another team makes a big run at them. He likes to see teams and guys on the court make the adjustment. But clearly that hasn't worked very well. This game, he used his timeouts a little bit better. He's, uh, so if I'm going to get after players, I'm going to get after coaches too. Uh, but what he didn't do well, <clears throat> in my opinion, is I don't think Painter managed the lineups very well. There are many times in the second half where he had three guards in the game that weren't guys who could create their own points or their own uh, offense. Um, and it showed. Uh, it showed quickly. Uh, one way it showed was Isaiah Thompson would come in get himself into trouble and throw a turnover because he was too deep into the lane, not having any idea what to do with it. <laughs> Thompson, of course. I mean, this, these are times where you wouldn't have Ivy in the game. And I think you'd have, uh, I think they had some weird lineups. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's just my perception. I haven't gone back and watched the tape yet, but that's the way I saw it. Um, Jaden Ivy had five turnovers. Um, this is a killer. Uh, Purdue had 17 turnovers turnovers. This is absolutely a killer. This is the story. When Purdue plays, when Purdue loses games generally, they have more than, what, 11 to 13 turnovers. It's kind of a breaking point. Um, but they dug themselves such a hole in the first half uh, with those turnovers and kind of set a precedent. Um, one thing that was interesting, uh, Painter talked about this, that Iowa went small um, starting early in the game uh, when uh, Rebracha got into foul trouble. Am I pronouncing that correctly? Rebracha. I think it's Rebracha. <clears throat> um, but when they got when when they would go small, Purdue had to counter, and so he said, you know, they went small, so we had to do something different. Purdue dominated the glass because of that. They were plus eighteen in rebounds, but we never saw Caleb first again. It's the second time in this in the Big Ten tournament we didn't see Caleb first for a minute. So my problem with this idea is when a team is really good at what they do. You hear coaches say this over and over, not just Painter, but a lot of coaches in a lot of sports say, 
we're going to do what we do, game in, game out. We're going to do it well. Well, one, one thing that defines Purdue is they're kind of bigger and stronger than other teams. Instead of being the bigger and stronger team and taking it at Iowa, they allowed Iowa to dictate what, what they were going to do. And Iowa decided they're going to go small, so Painter doesn't play first. Might be a small thing to you, but I don't know. I think it's a bigger thing. He's allowing other teams to dictate who plays in the game. And we don't know anything. I haven't heard anything, any reason for um, for Paint to, uh, or to believe that first is <coughs> injured or sick, or sick or anything like that. But, <coughs> pardon me, but um, he didn't play. Um, another really interesting point in the postgame presser, I thought, was... Um, Matt Painter said, well, let's go first. Travion uh, was asked about the NCAA tournament since, you know, they're on the doorstep of that and asked specifically about North Texas. And Trey said, well, we didn't respect them enough. We didn't respect North Texas enough, and it showed. Almost right away, Painter came into the room a minute later, and they talked about Arkansas Little Rock and North Texas. And Painter said, oh, we respected both those teams. So there's a problem here happening. Either, and I think this is the problem, Either Paint is not expressing enough to the team how much you should respect these teams, so there's a messaging problem, which might be the big problem, or this team's just not listening to them. And this goes back. So that's Arkansas Little Rock is a long time ago. Um, regardless of what the reason is, I do believe Painter respected both those teams. I really do. And speaking of Arkansas Little Rock, their coach, of course, Chris Beard, was uh, is now Texas's coach. He went Arkansas Little Rock, Texas Tech. Now Texas, he beat Purdue. He beat Painter at Arkansas Little Rock and Texas Tech in the NCAA tournament. One in the round of sixteen, and one in the round of sixty-four. And now, if they beat Virginia Tech and Purdue beats Yale, they get to match up again. And if you don't think that stuff's intentional, you're nuts. NCAA Tournament Committee absolutely did that on purpose. Um, so Purdue gets Yale. They get a three seed. They're in Milwaukee. A lot of things aren't ideal there. I will say, though, this is exactly what I thought would happen, other than I thought they'd be in Indy. I thought they'd get a three seed in Indy. Um, so maybe losing to Iowa knocked them out of Indianapolis. I don't know. I don't know if that's the case. But, again, the Big Ten Tournament, to me, proves to be a, a worthless exercise. Um, I don't like it. But I can tell you, I sure as hell don't like watching Iowa – Celebrate under confetti um, a lot more than I don't like uh, uh, the tournament. Um, Purdue got good seats, I guess, of the uh, of the champion. They were up close. This has happened, by the way, just for your reference. I think it happened once under Katie and now three times under Painter, or maybe it's twice under Katie, twice under Painter. But Purdue has lost in the Big Ten tournament championship four times now. So that's a little noteworthy. Could be another reason why I hate this event. Um, I'm, I live in a Purdue-centric world. You guys know that. It's the way I look at things, and um, I don't have many positive feelings about this thing. One time they won was versus Ohio State, and it didn't help their seeding. I told you guys that a couple times. Um, so uh, another thing that's interesting, so Purdue, like I told you, was plus 18 in rebounds. They were minus 11 in turnovers. They shot 25% from three. 65% free throws. So I've been telling you, I think 70 is a pretty good place to be in free throw shooting, 70 and above, and it'll make a big difference in a game. If they were 70 and above, they probably would have had more opportunities because they would have hit the front ends of one-on-ones. Um, game would have sure as hell been a lot closer. But you 
I said this on Twitter. When you shoot 25% from three, when you're a team like Purdue who relies on the three, or they used to before a month ago, they really don't anymore because they can't hit threes. Um, uh, when you're 25% from three and you are uh, and you turn over the ball 17 times, you're going to lose mo- lose most games. Full stop. So um, Painter also said um, the team wasn't connected uh, towards the end. He said they didn't they weren't cohesive. I think that's been a problem all year. Um, that goes back to Trey saying Purdue beats Tr- Purdue. So what next? Um, what next? Purdue uh, plays Yale. Very, very winnable game. That's a team that, uh, coming out of the Ivy League, I watched their championship. They beat Princeton. Uh, fun game to watch. Pr- the Ivy League games are always fun. The semifinal in the Ivy League was awesome. Um, one of the semifinals. I watched Princeton semifinal. I didn't watch Yale's. But Yale is a team that was not supposed to be in the tournament. Um, so they're a, a weaker than normal Ivy League team coming into the tournament. I think Purdue got a bit of a gift there. So if they handle their business, they should be able to beat Yale. Yale doesn't have the size of any of the teams they've been playing against in the past two months. Um, They don't have the athleticism. Purdue should be able to handle their business there, but they better damn well be uh, ready to to play because we had a pudgy point guard absolutely kick Purdue's ass last March from North Texas. So... um, Anything can happen, obviously. Um, but after that, they get Virginia Tech or Texas. So got some people on here. Appreciate that. Um, let's see. A lot of people on here. Um, uh, BAD says everyone has Purdue losing the first weekend. Um, I just referenced that. I, I think that second game is, a, is, a, is just riddled with problems. Regardless if it's Virginia Tech or Texas who Purdue gets, um, that's going to be that's a tough draw. Virginia Tech is playing really, really well. Uh, that's a team that's playing with a chip on their shoulder. I like teams that play that way. Uh, teams that have a lot of fight tend to break Purdue's will. Um, so we'll see. It's it's a it's another uh, test. We can we can say all year. You know, I heard other outlets say other Purdue outlets say that Purdue's built for the tournament. Um, well, here's your chance to pr- prove it. But the problem is with proving this idea is you get one shot to prove it. And um, when you don't prove it, you're done. And this version of the Purdue Boilermakers will be done. So uh, that's that's kind of a sad thing to think about. I still think, so th- the maturity, the mental maturity of this team is what I question over and over. The cohesiveness, like Painter talked about, is something that we should all uh, have our antenna up about. But the biggest thing, if you look at um, that mental maturity portion, I think Jaden Ivey is a great player, a great player, a tremendous athlete. Jaden Ivey admitted that he made bad reads. He said that over and over. I made bad reads during the game. But he makes bad reads, right? And that's a maturity thing. That's something of a sophomore in college. That's what most sophomores do. That's not unusual. But he is a tremendous athlete, a tremendous basketball player, who probably needs another year or two to be a truly generational dominant type of guy and we won't see it he's going to develop in the nba while getting paid a lot of money and he should i'm not saying he shouldn't any of you on twitter say oh i hope they get him back he's not coming back he's not coming back he has a chance to make millions of dollars he'd be a fool not to do that be a fool because all the things that are on the line whether it's injury or whatever else he should go to the pros. If I were his dad, who and I'm somebody who believes heavily in education, I'd say, go to the pros, go finish your degree later when you have stacks and stacks of money in your living room. Yeah, go to the pros. 
Even if, it, if his career doesn't go well, go to the pros, earn the money that no one else that you'll ever meet can earn, and then come back and get your degree. I think he's a smart kid. I think he will. Um, so when we, I don't know if it's a wish. I don't know what it is. When Purdue fans do that, when we say, if, if he comes back next year, he's not coming back. Resign yourself to that. It's going to be a lot easier. Um, uh, da, 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 da. Let's see. John Younger says, uh, uh, he says, responding to someone else who disagreed with me. Um, Edie was fine on offense. He get lost on defense. Edie missed a lot of bunnies in the first half. So you guys can disagree with what I, I'm saying. I don't care. Um, and then the second half, he was working his ass off and really keep, kept after it. So that's okay. We can disagree. Um, he played He played great in the second half, um, at least for the first half of the second half. Second half of the second half, I think Purdue kind of fell apart in general. Um, not just him, because Trey uh, was not as effective. I know a lot of people tend to focus on Trey's problems and the kind of the unusual parts of his game. Um, a lot of people, a lot of Purdue fans get annoyed with him doing the shake and um, – and I understand why you get annoyed with it. It seems like it's an underdeveloped move that maybe uh, maybe shouldn't use as much as he does. Uh, some of his passing out of the post frustrates some Purdue fans. But I'm thankful that they've got a guy that's willing to try to make plays. Um, I think sometimes he's, like I said, a little... Uh, maybe he shouldn't use it as much, go to that well as much, just get rid of the easier pass, right? Uh, not try to embarrass a guy, but... Uh, he is what he is, so he, he tries to make plays. Um, this whole team, though, that's what they are, right? They are, um, they really aren't technicians, right? Uh, they're they're really not technicians. They're very good athletes and players, but they're not like technicians. Let's compare it to a team. Twenty eighteen, I think is an interesting comparison. Anyway, twenty eighteen, I think you had a bunch of technicians on that team. That's that team with Haas and Vincent Edwards. I've mentioned them a lot the last couple of years. It's the one that. Um, Haas cracked his elbow in Detroit. That team had 28 wins to end the uh, to, to go into the NCAA tournament after the Big Ten tournament. 28 wins. This team has 27. <clears throat> I think they're comparable for a lot of reasons. Both teams are really, really good teams, not great teams. And let's let's understand that. I think that's what we should understand. And I think we all misnamed them and kind of misunderstood the situation. Um, uh, Philip Dunn asked if I've watched anything on Yale yet. I watched Yale play, um, so I, I don't know if that counts. But, um, yeah, I, uh, I've watched them play, and I think they're a um, high-energy team. Um, but I don't – I mean, it doesn't matter what I think. It's not like I don't – me, me disrespecting Yale makes a difference for how Purdue handles them. Purdue should handle Yale as they would handle getting ready for – uh, I, I don't want to say Wisconsin because that didn't work very well. Um, getting ready for Iowa, Wisconsin, uh, Rutgers, um, any of the any of the upper echelon, the Big Ten, they should handle Yale the same way. Go into it with that respect. Who knows if they will? So um, let's see. Uh, John Younger says he thinks Trey should be getting more minutes, and I and I think that's that's a, that's an interesting criticism. Um, so. I don't know. I, I'm I'm frustrated in in this team missing out on opportunities over and over and over. 
because that's really the name of the game in this team. They, they, they had a great season. To win 27 games, it's noteworthy, right? But the opportunity to be great, like I said, this is a good team. The opportunity to be a great team was there over and over with this team, and they haven't taken advantage of it. Golden Black thinks that there's a switch that's going to be flipped when the bright lights of March come on, that all of a sudden you're going to see a team that has the urgency and every matchup is going to favor Purdue. I do not see that. I don't see it because I know that everybody else has that sense of urgency as well. And if Purdue didn't have the sense of urgency at any point before this, why would we think that the urgency is going to come all of a sudden? At the end of the season, so uh, hope I'm wrong. Um, hope I'm wrong. Uh, there, there are some things they can do right now to get better. Free throw shooting, to me, I've been saying this since what? If you if you come on this podcast, quickcast, whatever, if you come and watch this regularly, you'll hear me talk about free throws. That's something that's that is curable, meaning you can get better. You're not going to get better in the next four days. You know, it's Monday. They play on Friday at, uh, I think, two, um, they're not going to get better in four days at, at that. But they, they, they could have gotten a little bit better during the season, maybe. Because um, I think a lot of these guys, you look at Edie, for instance. Edie's routine um, seems to be a little inconsistent to me. Um, even his arc uh, on his ball is inconsistent. Sometimes it's like super high. Sometimes it's not. And that, to me, comes down to kind of the consistency of how you're going to the line to approach the issue. So... Um, free throw shooting is a way you can get better. But the thing that I would say, if they're going to get better in one way, it's just everybody just busting their ass all the time. Um, somebody said, and I don't know if it's true on Twitter, somebody said Sasha has an injured hand. I don't, I know he had the, his, if this is the reference, why Sasha's shooting, he was one for six yesterday from three, I think. Um, but he had that dislocated pinky, I think, two games ago, three games ago. If that's the reason people are saying he can't shoot, I don't. I don't know. Maybe it is. Maybe that's the reason he can't shoot right now. Um, but it's his offhand, number one. So, I mean, I'm sure he'd feel that coming up. I'm sure it still smarts when he gets hit. So maybe that's it. Maybe that's the reason he can't shoot. If that's the case, he's going to continue to shoot poorly because he doesn't have much rest between these games. So we can't really count on Purdue's biggest catalyst from three point, uh, from the three-point line to, to do something big in the tournament because his... Uh, his finger, it, it hurts. So I'm not saying he's lying. So uh, Patrick Pitt says they lose in the second game. I, I think it's hard not to, even for the most gold-colored glass Purdue fan, uh, if you're looking through gold-colored glasses, um, I think it's hard not to see that scenario, Patrick. I can agree. Um, so um, th uh, I didn't do this. Thank you to Martin Vintage. Um, and Gridiron Metalworks and AJ's for sponsoring us. Appreciate them. Um, and uh, if you enter boiled at checkout at martinvintage.com, you get 15% off. Um, not sure about Gridiron Metalworks. I know their, their store was down, but I know they have uh, some big new stuff coming soon. So um, stay tuned for that. And um, looking forward to talking to you guys um, after the first win. Uh, in the Big Ten tournament, I, I'm gonna or the NCAA tournament. I apologize. I also have big news. We're gonna have a very rare uh, basketball beat, handsome hour, whatever. It's either gonna be recorded tonight or in the next two three days. So I think that's a big deal. A lot of you guys are clamoring for some voice other than mine, and I get it. So 
But um, yeah, uh, if nothing else, this is a fun time of year. I mean, I think everybody who's tuned in here looks like got a decent amount of people that are watching live, listening live. Uh, thank you guys again. Um, but if you uh, if you're anything like me, this time of year is is just like Christmas morning. I had a stomach bug this weekend um, that had me in bed last night, which was awful. And um, yeah, that's like I'd say I've had COVID in the last you know what month and a half, month whatever. I don't know when I had it, and I had that. And I'll tell you what, I'll probably take COVID because stomach bug, man, whoo, not good. So I'm drinking Gatorades and eating uh, dry cereal. <laughs> A lot of fun, but I feel better now. I've turned the corner, so that's a good thing. Um, so uh, I, I got that. That was a gift from my daughter. Um, really, really gift that keeps giving for a couple days. So thanks for tuning in, though. Thanks for um, uh, watching and keeping after the site. Like I said, stay tuned for a handsome hour uh, coming soon. And uh, God bless you, hammer down. Uh, we'll see. You, we'll see you later in this week. Definitely.